Welcome back, MTN Giants Podcast. So in this one, we're going to talk about the 2023 season preview. It's pretty much almost here. We're like 9, 10 days away or so. The actual season kicks off in a week from now. The Lions and the Chiefs will kick off next Thursday night. Very exciting stuff. I mean, when you're in like June and July, you're just hoping that like training camp is back soon. You can't wait for preseason games. But then once that happens, you're like, all right, I just want some real football. And I've been at that point for like a week now. Like I want some real NFL games. Luckily, we're getting that soon. Sunday night, two Sundays from now, Giants-Cowboys should be very exciting. And honestly, a very big game for the Giants to get things off on the right track, a division game, of course. So in this one, we'll talk about some of the recent trades. I have not gone over those yet with you guys. We'll talk about some of the 53-man roster moves, some that were surprising, guys that went back to the practice squad. And towards the end of the podcast, I will have a record prediction and where I see the ceiling and the floor for this 2023 Giants team. Do I expect them to make the playoffs? I will leave that for the end. So I hope you guys enjoy leaving the comments your record prediction for the Giants in 2023. And let's get into it. First, we'll talk about the Isaiah Simmons trade, which really came out of nowhere. I actually ironically talked about Isaiah Simmons in a recent video I went over players that kind of were in make-or-break years in 2023, and I brought up Isaiah Simmons, a top-10 pick back in the 2020 draft. You know, he's now in year four, and while he's played in every game and has had some bright moments, he has not been a consistently good player for the Arizona Cardinals, and they have not been able to find a consistent role for him. So out of nowhere, Isaiah Simmons was traded to the Giants for a seventh-round pick. I mean, that's awesome. Very Low risk and pretty high reward. I mean, the guy's still 25. As I said, he's durable, hasn't missed games. And the best part is he only counts for a little over a million dollars to the Giants cap this season. I think the Cardinals are going to pay most of it. So you're getting a guy who just a few years ago was talented enough to go top 10 in the entire draft. And you get that for a little over a million dollars. And Don Martindale thinks this can work. And I'm not going to doubt Don Martindale and this coaching staff. I mean... I'm not sure exactly where he's going to play. He'll probably play everywhere. That's probably the real answer. But we even saw the other night against the Jets, he almost got a sack on Aaron Rodgers. He was very close, pretty much had him wrapped up, but Rodgers got out of it. So Isaiah Simmons will make some impact plays for this team this year. So whether he's at linebacker or safety or D-end or something, like he, they will find ways to get him involved in the game and make impact. So that trade, you do that 10 times out of 10. Will it work out to perfection? I mean, I don't know. That's a wait and see. But I, I do trust this coaching staff as compared to the previous coaching staffs. So as I said, if anyone can figure this out, probably Don Martindale. So hopefully they get that figured out. Carlos Basham was also traded to the Giants recently. They pretty much swapped like sixth and seventh round picks to get him here. So Joe Shane, of course, was a part of the Buffalo front office when Carlos Boogie Basham was drafted back in 2021, and he was a second-round pick. He was an early pick, I believe, out of Wake Forest. If I'm wrong, I'll go back and edit that out, but I'm pretty sure it was Wake Forest. And I remember PFF loved him. Like, he had the prototypical size. He had good metrics for a 4-3 defensive end. Um, I don't know if he's much of a two-point stance kind of guy, but maybe they can make that work. I don't know. Obviously, if they trade it for him, they have some type of vision. They don't just trade for guys for no reason. This is not the previous regime. So they're going to find ways to get him involved. It seems like he has the athleticism and the tools and the size. But can they fix his technique? That probably is the biggest thing. And I kind of get it from Buffalo's side. Like, you have enough guys on your defensive line. Like, if you didn't think you were going to play Basham, then I guess it makes sense to trade him. It just doesn't seem like much compensation. 
I obviously have way more faith in Isaiah Simmons than Basham. Like Simmons has a much higher ceiling in my opinion. So if somebody's going to break out, probably Isaiah Simmons, but I think Carlos Basham might make some impact plays as well. Like I prefer Carlos Basham over guys like Timon Fox and O'Shane Zimenez, guys like that. So I do think ultimately this is an improvement for the Giants. As for the 53-man roster and some of the cuts and, and what was surprising, maybe Jay Sean Corbin was a bit surprising, the running back. I think some fans thought maybe he would make it over like a Gary Brightwell or someone like that. But Brightwell does make it and Jay Sean Corbin does not. He actually ends up on the Carolina practice squad too. So Corbin clearly had talent, but I just don't think the Giants want him on special teams. And I don't even know if he can play special teams. And obviously Gary Brightwell does. So that's pretty much the answer right there. Of course, the offense will run through Saquon Barkley in terms of running backs. So you don't need Jay Sean Corbin, but in the event that Saquon is out for a while, I would have preferred Corbin over Brightwell, but of course the Giants aren't thinking that way. And I don't blame them. You want the guy that can do more for your team. So Gary Brightwell was pretty much chosen over Jay Sean Corbin. Shane Lemieux makes the team. It's kind of weird. I feel like, you know, he was not in the best graces with this coaching staff last year and it felt like he was the forgotten guy and people wrote him off and myself included like I wasn't I wasn't really expecting Shane Lemieux to make the team but he did um he might be the next like Mark Herzlick and just never leave so I hope he's not that kind of guy um if he gets in there though I hope he's fine of course the Giants need offensive line depth and more specifically tackle which we'll get to next but Shane Lemieux as a run blocker has shown potential in the past. It just comes down to can he pass block, and I don't know. Um, so swing tackle, Matt Pert, 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 Pert. I like Matt, I like Matt Pert, but people say Pert, so I don't know. Matt Pert um, is the swing tackle. Tyree Phillips was cut, but they brought him back to the practice squad, so that was good. But Matt Pert at swing tackle is not the most comforting thing. I know swing tackle, it's a bench guy anyway, so... You're not going to have an all-pro there, obviously, but I would just feel a lot more comfortable with a veteran who's proven, but obviously a guy like, you know, Matt Pert, Pert is not the most comforting thing. So obviously I just hope that Andrew Thomas and um, Evan Neal can stay healthy for the duration of the season. James Robinson was cut. Jamison Crowder was cut. Colin Johnson was cut. Bryce Ford Wheaton tore his ACL. Could have easily been a gunner for this team. Maybe had some upside as a wide receiver. That one sucks to see. I think the coaching staff liked him too, but that's just very unfortunate timing. Darnay Holmes took a pay cut to stay on the roster. So now I think the Giants saved like $2 million. So Darnay is a guy who I believe was a 2019 pick or maybe 2020. I believe it was 2019. And of course, a Dave Gettleman regime guy, but he's still here. So he's a decent player. I've always liked him coming out of UCLA. So hopefully when he's put in there, I would think Cordell Flott plays over him. But hopefully when he gets in there, you know, Darnay Holmes can make an impact. So the Giants practice squad so far, this was treated by Jordan Ronan yesterday on August 30th. They have quarterback Tommy DeVito, wide receiver Cole Beasley remains on the practice squad. I don't know if he'll stay or if he'll retire. Nothing's been said yet. Cornerback Amani Orowarie, the guy they got from the Lions. Tyree Phillips, who I just mentioned. O'Shane Zimenez on the practice squad. Timon Fox also on the practice squad. Ryder Anderson. Darian Beavers was a bit surprising coming off the ACL. Sucks to see. It just doesn't seem like he's ready yet. So maybe some more time to recover. 
he'll be all right, but definitely disappointing. Safety Alex Cook, corner Jermon Green, linebacker Deontay Johnson, tight end Ryan Jones. So that's the Giants practice squad so far. And of course, Trey Hawkins made the team. He was the impressive sixth round pick. It was great to see that. Um, the Giants do need cornerback depth. And to see a guy like that in the sixth round step up, that's huge. I mean, the depth behind guys like Deontay Banks, Adoree Jackson, I mentioned Cordell Flott. Like, there's not much behind those guys. So to have a guy like Trey Hawkins as insurance, I mean, it, it feels good. So I hope he... I hope he doesn't have to play much. I obviously hope that the guys stay healthy, the starters, but having Trey Hawkins there is definitely more comforting than not having him there. All right, let's go through every position and see where the Giants are strong at and what the concerns are. So, of course, quarterback, you have Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor, and, of course, Tommy DeVito on the practice squad. Hopefully, we don't have to see him this year. But, yeah, quarterback depth-wise, I mean, it's fine. Tyrod didn't look great in preseason. Daniel Jones did in his limited time and in training camp. So hopefully in year two of this system, Jones can like fully put it together and has a great year. So far, it's looking like that could happen. Running back depth-wise, of course, Saquon, Matt Breda, Gary Brightwell, and Eric Gray, the rookie. After Saquon, it's not that pretty. I mean, the older Matt Breda gets, the less appealing he is. So you don't want to see him play for too much. Gary Brightwell, more of a special teamer. Um, Eric Gray can definitely, you know, be the punt returner, kick returner. Tight ends, Darren Waller, Daniel Bellinger, and Lawrence Cager. That feels like a good position group for the Giants right there. Of course, Waller has to be healthy, but if he does stay healthy, and even Bellinger, um, I do like their tight ends. That can definitely be a high upside group for them. Right tackles, Evan Neal. Right guard, Mark Lewinsky. Marcus McKeithen behind him. Center, John Michael Schmitz, the rookie, is supposed to start. Shane Lemieux is listed behind him. Left guard is listed at Ben Bredesen. And then you have Josh Zudu listed behind him. Left tackle, Andrew Thomas. And behind him listed is Matt Pert. So offensive line-wise, I mean, the tackles are the concerning part, not the starters. I mean, yes, Evan Neal kind of, sort of. I'm not too concerned about Neal. I think he'll be fine this year, hopefully. But behind those guys, the Matt Parrott situation is the concerning part. But, of course, like left guard, right guard, that has to be better. Um, I do have confidence that John Michael Schmitz will be good right away. I hope that's the case. But Mark Lewinsky did not live up to the contract last year. Um, ben Bredesen is is fine. He's a fine starter. I'm not that concerned, but you could do better, of course. Wide receiver-wise, Paris Campbell, Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins, Jalen Hyatt, who actually switched his number to 13 recently. And I think it's a good look. I mean, he did have 84. 84 looked okay on him, but 13, I think, looks a lot better. Of course, as an Odell fan, it doesn't look right, but I, I think he looks very good in 13, so good choice by him. And he did admire, or he was a big fan of Odell growing up, so that stuff's pretty cool. Sterling Shepard, Wondell Robinson actually made it off the PUP, so that was awesome. Hopefully, he's back and healthy before we know it. I don't know if he'll play for week one, but he should be back sooner than later. So that's great news, of course. But wide receiver wise, I mean, yeah, you don't have your alpha wide receiver. Uh, maybe Jalen Hyatt can turn into that as the year goes on, but it's just a bunch of solid guys. Like Slayton's fine. Campbell's fine. Hodgins was fine. We saw last year. Um, Hyatt has a lot of upside. Sterling Shepard, when he plays, is still pretty good. And Wondell Robinson, if he's healthy, could be pretty good. There's no superstars or even stars at wide receiver, but guys that are good enough to get open and get the job done and, and succeed in this system. So yeah, I, I wish Daniel Jones had a Jerry Judy or a T Higgins or someone else that we were asking for this offseason. Maybe not Judy because he's hurt already, but you, you get the point. So maybe that happens in a future year, but Darren Waller is plenty good for a first target in the offense. 
Defensively, defensive end Leonard Williams. Then you have nose tackle Dexter Lawrence. Defensive tackle Ashawn Robinson. Behind those guys, you have DJ Davidson, Raheem Nunez Roches, the guy they call Nacho, and Jordan Riley, the seventh round rookie in this past draft. Defensive line is pretty good. I, I do like their starters, of course, especially if Ashawn Robinson's back and healthy. That's kind of the concern right now. But those three guys, Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, Ashawn Robinson, a really good like front three. I, I like that a lot. I wasn't the biggest DJ Davidson guy when he was drafted last year, but like maybe he's fine as a backup. We'll see. Um, edge guys, we have Aziz Ojalari, Jihad Ward behind him. On the other side, Kayvon Thibodeau and Boogie Basham is listed at right outside linebacker. Interesting. So, you know, th- those are young guys. And of course, you have to have a guy like Aziz Ojalari stay healthy. That's a big thing. He has as good as he's been when he's healthy. He has to be on the field more consistently. If he does stay on the field, he should put up good numbers and be a good sidekick, if you will, to Kayvon Thibodeau. And Kayvon's one of those guys who could definitely break out this year. I mean, he had some moments last year. He took over a game or two last year. The Washington one on the road definitely comes to mind. Hopefully, he has more games like that in his second season. Um, Boogie Basham's a good rotational pass rusher. Jihad Ward, we like him. I know we got into that altercation with Aaron Rodgers. That was kind of funny. It just adds more suspense for the Giants and Jets game in the middle of the season. Inside linebackers, Micah McFadden. Then you have Bobby Okereke, of course. Listed behind them, Isaiah Simmons, Carter Coughlin, who will be more of a special teamer, and Cam Brown, same thing. So Isaiah Simmons, hopefully at some point, can overtake Mike and McFadden. I mean, McFadden's fine, but I feel like Isaiah Simmons is the way more exciting player, has the higher ceiling, but it depends what these coaches want. If they want a guy like McFadden and his skill set more, and he's more reliable, and they trust him to know where to be on defense, then yeah, maybe Mike McFadden is actually the starter for most of the year, and Isaiah Simmons is more of a rotational player and plays everywhere. That can be the case as well. At corner, you're going to have Deontay Banks, Adoree Jackson. I mentioned Trey Hawkins before. Darnay Holmes, Cordell Flott. It's an interesting group. You have Adoree Jackson, who is the veteran, quote-unquote, and then just a bunch of young guys with upside behind him. I mean... Of course, you have a first-rounder, Deontay Banks, who has had his ups and downs in the preseason and training camp. Um, There might be some, you know, speed bumps, if you will, early on, whatever the word I'm looking for is, but I I think eventually he'll be fine. Like, I feel like he's just way too good of an athlete to not be a good corner. So it may not happen right away, but I do think eventually he'll figure that out, uh, Deontay Banks. But... You know, behind those guys, Trey Hawkins the third. It's it's plenty of upside for him, of course. Even Cordell Flott, he showed some flashes last year. Can he do it consistently? That's the big question remaining. Then on to safety, Xavier McKinney. Jason Pinnock is actually listed as the starting strong safety with Julian Love now playing for the Seahawks. Dane Belton, who will probably be competing with Jason Pinnock to get more starting reps. Nick McLeod, who could be a safety slash corner, so good versatility from him. Bobby McCain, who right now has a concussion, I believe, but hopefully he's fine for week one. And Javarius Owens. Owens, I believe, was the last pick of the entire draft for the Giants, so we'll see if the seventh-round rookie can make an impact. So their safeties I feel a bit better about than their corners. I feel like Xavier McKinney, of course, has to be healthy once again. It's another guy who missed some time last year for kind of a non-football reason, but when he plays, he's really good. Pinnock, I mean, I don't know what he'll be like as a starting safety. I mean, it's nice because we got him from the Jets, so maybe that actually ends up being a great move for us in the future. 
Dane Belton, the fourth round pick back in 2022. I feel like one of those guys will step up and be a consistent starter. I'm not sure which one, but it feels like between Pinnock and Dane Belton, somebody's going to take that job and run with it. I just don't know which one it's going to be. But even in the case if they don't, you have Bobby McCain, the veteran who hopefully is fine. He's not going to be great or maybe even good, but hopefully he's fine, can hold his own. Punter Jamie Gillen is back. He has looked better in preseason, so maybe last year was a bit of a fluke and he's fine, but wasn't too encouraged last year. Graham Gano looked amazing. He's back. Um, Casey Kreider still at long snapper. And there were some additions to the practice squad recently. Tyree Jackson, the tight end they got from the Eagles, I believe. He was once a quarterback at Buffalo. He was just way too inaccurate and not the best throw of the football, but just a physical specimen who maybe can turn into something one day. Jalen Mayfield, the guard from Michigan. He came from the Falcons, but I remember he came out of Michigan. Um, didn't have the best career with the Falcons, so he got released and the Giants took a you know, a claim on him and he'll be on the practice squad. Maybe he turns into something one day. Taiwan Jones, who I could not believe is still in the NFL. He's been playing running back since 2011. He came up with the uh, Oakland Raiders, I believe, and he's like 34, 35, still playing running back. So that's pretty cool. So that was it for like the notable practice squad guys they picked up today or even yesterday. All right, record prediction time. We made it to the end. So it's time. Um, I did give this in my NFC record prediction, so maybe you guys seen seen it already, but I'm going with 9-8 and eight this year. I feel like this Giants team is going to win somewhere from 8 to 10 games, so I decided to just go in the middle and play it safe and go with 9-8. and eight. Um, Of course, they are better on paper than last year, but the schedule gets harder. So you may look at last year and say, well, we won 9 games last year and we got better, but... The way I look at it is, yeah, we got better, but the teams we're playing this year are going to be tougher, and I just feel like a lot of games, especially late in games last year, things went the Giants' way, and that doesn't happen every year. So I do hope they can get to nine wins. Ten wins would be great, but in all likelihood, there's going to be tougher games on the schedule. We can go up and down the entire thing. I feel like Arizona's the only layup here. The Giants had about four games last year that were layups. I mean, you had the Colts, you had the Texans, you had the Panthers, you had the Bears. I mean, there was some easy games on that schedule. I feel like this year, you're not getting that. You're getting Dallas, you're getting San Fran, you're getting Seattle, you're getting uh, at Miami, at Buffalo, you're getting the Jets. I think at Las Vegas might be easy, but they could surprise us. I just, I'm not too high on the Raiders this year. You have New England, they're always competitive. You have the Packers, and, and we don't know what the Packers will be. A lot of it depends on is, is Jordan Love actually good or not. I don't know yet. He's looked really good in preseason. So maybe the Packers do surprise us this year. At New Orleans, home versus the Rams late in the season is probably going to be easier, I would think. I don't think they'll make the playoffs this year, so maybe that game's easier. And you also play the division. You play the Cowboys. You play the Eagles. The Giants have not had much success versus those teams in recent years. Um, Washington, they tend to split with, I feel like. I mean, last year was a win and a tie, but you know what I mean? So, yeah, things might be tougher for this team schedule-wise, but... For the Giants, a couple things have to happen for the offense to break out, and I think it's pretty simple, is that you know Daniel Jones takes a step forward as a passer and Darren Waller stays healthy. I think those would pretty much change the entire passing game. Maybe that also coincides with Evan Neal taking a step forward as well. That can definitely impact things. And then defensively, I think the corners matter a lot. It depends if Adoree Jackson's healthy, which he's had problems with that in the past. He got hurt last year on the punt return, which is 
probably one of the lone things that Brian Dable did wrong last year, so that sucked to see. But, um, you know, is Deontay Banks good right away? I mean, that that stuff matters a lot. And can they recover at safety with uh, Julian Love going to Seattle once again? I feel like linebacker-wise, pass rushing-wise, they'll be fine. Defensive line should be fine. Um, most of my concerns come from the secondary. And, of course, with Don Martindale, they like to blitz a lot. Pressure is put on the corners to stay with their men in one-on-one situations. So that part's concerning. So I think it comes down to those four things. is the Giants' secondary. There's Darren Waller's health. There's Evan Neal taking a step forward. And, of course, Daniel Jones, which, you know, that's the case for any team, is your quarterback. Your quarterback, the way he plays is pretty much how the rest of your team is going to go. And while Jones was an awesome rusher last year, a lot of those were design runs and, of course, some scrambles as well. They have to be a better passing offense. They were not good enough as a passing offense last year. I think the last time the Giants had a 1,000-yard receiver was probably Odell, right? 2018? I mean, it's been a long time. So hopefully with Waller here and hopefully playing every game, the passing offense should be better. The Paris Campbell, you know, signing. You have Wandell back, hopefully. Sterling Shepard back. And I hope this new turf can prevent some injuries. We hope that's the case. So we'll find out how it plays out. But I expect somewhere from 8 to 10 wins once again. Um, I'm sticking with 9. And I think if they do get 9 wins and go 9 and 8, that should be good enough for a wild card spot. I don't think the NFC is that good. If you go up and down the NFC, I mean, which teams are a lock to make the playoffs? I would say the Cowboys and the Eagles in our division are pretty safe to make the playoffs, barring something crazy happening. Um... In the North, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen in that division. It's a tough one to predict. I mean, you have the Lions, the Vikings, the Packers. I don't fully buy into what the Bears are doing. So, like, I feel like any team can win that division, but it's not going to be, like, you're not going to have two teams with 10-plus wins in there, I don't think. So, I'm not too concerned about that division. The South is not that good. I think the Saints and Falcons are, like, the only teams that can make the playoffs in that division. I don't care about the Buccaneers and the Panthers that much for this year. And in the West, you have the... Seahawks, who I like a lot this year, and the 49ers, who are always good. So there's three wild card spots. I would say the Cowboys probably take up one of those spots, or the Eagles, depending on who wins the division. Another wild card spot would probably be taken up by either Seattle or San Francisco. And that leaves the third wild card spot for a team like the Giants or, you know, Detroit or Minnesota, one of those teams. Um, you know, the Falcons or the Saints, one of those teams. So you may have like three teams battling for one less wild card spot, but of course a lot can change. Injuries happen. Like if Dak Prescott goes down week one, the Cowboys will not be the same team. I mean, I, I do like Trey Lance, of course, but I don't think he'll be exactly Dak Prescott right off the bat. So a lot can change, of course. But anyway, that's going to do it for the video, for the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed the Giants 2023 team preview. Once again, leave in the comments. What's your Giants record prediction? Maybe even leave a playoff prediction in there. Hope you guys enjoyed the video. I will talk to you guys after week one, Sunday night's game. Hopefully they get off to a good start. I'm still deciding on whether I should do game previews or not. I've done those on Fridays in the past, and I might do it. I might just do like a you know, game preview slash kind of preview the NFL week, something like that. So if you guys want something like that, let me know in the comments. But anyway, hope you guys enjoyed the video, and I'll talk to you guys next time.